Welcome to Jersey Guy Sports, your sports talk home for the Yanks, the Giants, the Rangers, and the Rutgers Scarlet Knights, and I'm your host, Don. I want to thank you for listening. Now, today I'm going to be talking about, well, a stream of consciousness, really. Smorgasburg of suck, I guess, regarding the Yankees, just how bad they are. And maybe we'll have some Rangers and Giants tidbits, maybe just a little bit on those two. Why don't we go ahead and get started? So today, unlike most of my podcasts, I'm going to do this as kind of a stream of consciousness podcast. Um, A lot of times I have little notes or a bullet point or two about what I want to talk about. And today, I don't really have any of that. I just want to kind of shoot from the hip, talk a little bit, mostly about the Yanks, maybe a little bit about uh, Saquon Barkley and the Giants, and maybe a minute on the Rangers. So why don't I go ahead and get started with the Yanks here? Um, I have a problem with the Yanks. The Yanks are awful and in last place, and it's hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel this year for the Yankees. I really, really want them to sell at the trade deadline coming up, if there's anything they have to sell, and not try to buy some kind of replacement parts and give away even more youth in the minors and hope to hope to hope to try to get into the last wild card spot when we all know that's not going to happen. And even if it does and they get in, where are they going to go with this year's team? We're looking at this team together, right, guys? This Yankees team. You hear Boone's excuses, you know, finally after this last ridiculous loss to the Angels when they got swept in Anaheim. You know, Boone finally says, you know, we're we're playing terribly. Well, that's great. You know, where have we how have we been playing prior to this series? We've been playing terribly for quite a long time. Finally he says the words out loud, Yippee, give him a little gold star, he can go sit in the corner. Um Donaldson is on the sixty day IL. They just put him there. That can only help the team. So that's actually a good thing for the Yanks. If he never sees another game with the Yanks, I will be happy. We have Three of our biggest hitters not doing anything for the Yanks. Giancarlo Stanton, while he's had a little bit of a streak lately, is still dog shit. He's basically hitting about 200, give or take. DJ LeMayhew seems like a shell of his old self. He's probably 60 to 100 points below where I expected him to bat. He's batting 220 or something, 230 at the most. Really not the same hitter that he used to be. And Anthony Rizzo, after a hot start, just looks like dog shit out there. He, Everyone keeps talking about the homers. He doesn't have a homer in 40-whatever games. Yes, he's not hitting homer. But it's more than that. He's not hitting anything. You know, in a big spot when it's runner on second, second, third, two outs, he can't get a hit. It's, it's not just the homers. Like, his batting average is way, way down. He was hitting 310, 320 for a while. And his batting average is, you know, well into the 240s now at this point. I mean, he's really, really been been poor. So Stanton, DJ, Rizzo, it's not like the other people are tearing anything up either. But at least, you know, Torres, who, you know, I cannot stand, is hitting some. And he's actually, you know, one of the few people on the team who's actually hitting decently. So you got to give him props where props is due. Um, he's still a dog shit, ridiculous, awful defender who doesn't have a position on the Yankees. But right now he's the only one hitting. And to that end, he has trade value. He is someone that can be traded at the deadline to get things, maybe to get youth, maybe to get more athletic, maybe to get some kind of really good, you know, pitching prospect or anything that is not a awful defensive second baseman. Glaber Torres has value. He can be traded. He should be traded. 
there's no way in hell Cashman is going to trade him because Cashman is just bonkers at this point. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's going to definitely buy at the trade deadline and further ruin this team. Now, of course, Aaron Judge is hurt. So, you know, we keep seeing reports. He's getting closer. He's getting closer. Hopefully he'll be back and, you know, probably give a psychological boost to this team. You know, if magically Stanton, DJ, and Rizzo start hitting at the same time Judge comes back, then yeah, you know, <clears throat> there might be a few things we could do. But it's not like this team is any good at full strength with everybody playing really to the back of their baseball card. If everybody plays like they normally do, do on this team and all the pitchers pitch as well as they can and the hitters hit as well as they can. They're not good enough. We got blown out by the Astros last year with a full team and look like a disaster. This team is almost worse than last year's team in my mind. We have um, Rodon who finally came back and has pitched three starts and he looks like balls. He just looks terrible out there. He's blowing kisses at the fans uh, I mean, he's he's been a disaster so far. We're giving him $40 million a year for four years. And so far, we're almost in August. He's pitched three starts, and he's looked like dog shit in all three of his starts. It's hard to watch him. And we know, or at least we think, he's a better pitcher than this. But as far as how he's pitching on the Yanks, it's been terrible. Michael King looks terrible, terrible coming in. Ron Marinaccio does not look like the same reliever he was. We're not even using Wandy Peralta anymore. Boone somehow uses Ramirez for some ridiculous reason in key spots. And he's just like a one of the worst pitchers ever. He's like a big doofy lefty that throws about 86 miles an hour. And he's awful. He puts him in, in the eighth inning, ninth inning, extra innings the other day. I don't know. I just, I, th- there's nothing on this team that I can point to that points to any kind of postseason success. And that starts with the owner, the GM, the manager. The pitching, the relief pitching, the lineup, the defense. There isn't anything. The speed, the athleticism. Usually you can point to something and say, yeah, this is one of our strengths. Name me the Yankee strength. I dare you. What is, if you had to look at a section of the Yanks and say, that's our strength, what would you say? Would you say, it's our defense? (laughs) No fucking way would you say it's our defense. Would you say it's just our hitting? That's another joke and a half, right? Would you say it's our starting pitching, which is also not even close? Now, that is something that previously, you know, maybe a month ago, someone could have a straight face and argue that. They would be wrong, but they could at least argue that because we were getting some decent starts out of our starters. You know, now, you know, Cole's been mostly very good. Uh, Rodon has been terrible. Severino might be gone or back to the minors soon. He's pitching so poorly. Schmidt has been, you know, down and up, but okay. You know, Herman, you don't know what you're going to get from game to game. He's had some brilliant outings, but his ERA is still way over four. Um, so, you no, know, you can't point to starting pitch and saying, yeah, that's our strength. There's no way you can say that with a straight face now on, you know, July 21st. Um, can you say the bullpen? No. You used to be able to say that, and now you definitely cannot say that. Peralta doesn't even pitch anymore, right? Marinaccio doesn't look like the same player. Michael King has been just getting shelled game after game after game. Ian Hamilton, who looked good before he got injured, doesn't look as good after he came back. So, no, you can't say with a straight face, it's the bullpen. Oh, our speed? No. Our base running? No. 
right? So what is it that you can say and point to this team? A normal question you can ask about any team that you root for in A-sport. What is our strength? The Yanks don't have a strength. There, there isn't. They're okay in a few things, but they don't have an actual strength where you say, yeah, this is where we're really good. It's nothing. It's not in our general manager because he's an idiot. It's not in Boone, who should have been fired I don't know how long ago. Our owner doesn't want to go over certain luxury taxes and keeps retaining bad management. There isn't a strength to this team, and it's unfortunate because I'm now numb to these losses, unfortunately. As a fan, I've become where the losses don't bother me. And that, that you know, all evidence to the contrary, I know in this podcast, you guys are probably laughing, but, you know, they don't. They don't. Like, I'm, I'm sitting there, and, you know, it's the seventh inning, and they're down, you know, five to one. And I'm like, yeah, it's just another game because I've become so used to this team not performing well that losses don't bother you. And that <clears throat> is not good for a fan base. It's not good for the Yankees, and it's certainly not good for the owners who want people to care about this team and watch them on TV because, let's face it, <clears throat> when you don't expect to win, then you're on another level. And right now, as a Yankee fan, you cannot expect to win. I'll give you just a quick example of just how bad this offense is, right? So on Wednesday, which is the last game they played before I'm recording this podcast, they played the Angels. There was some starting pitcher. Where is it? I don't know. Chase, I don't know what the hell his name is, Silseth or some crap. Basically, he entered the game with, I don't know, five, five and a half ERA. I don't know. Typical, terrible starting pitcher. He looked like an ace. The Yankees fucking struck out 16 fucking times on Wednesday. 16 strikeouts. And by the way, their offense struck out 16 times. Their pitching walked 11 fucking players. They walked 11 and on offense, they struck out 16 times against somebody named Chase Sulsev. This is what you're looking at. And, and other starters, and it's not just that one game, complete no-names make the Yankees look like, you know, they're facing Nolan Ryan every game, right? There's some, obviously, we, you know, I've talked about Jameson Tyone when he looked, like, brilliant against the Yankees when, you know, he was had the worst ERA in the National League, Um we play. We faced. Um, I don't know. Somebody named Austin Gomber. <laughs> Chase. And these are people with like almost seven ERAs. Griffin Canning. I, I don't know. And now against each one of them, we've looked like dog shit. No hits. One hit. Two hits. One run. Uh, two runs. Zero run. Like it's just pathetic. Basically, the Yanks are three and nine. I think it is. Against the Rockies, the Cubs, the Cardinals, I guess we played. And then, of course, the Angels, right? Suck-ass fucking teams. Three and nine. And it's not like we pitched particularly well, but compared to the offense, the pitching looks fantastic, right? Even though the pitching is not that good. And again, it's one of these things where when you look at how bad one thing is, it covers up how bad another thing is because it's not as bad, right? So the hitting is so terrible that it covers up some bad pitching, even though the people are not going to talk about that because the other thing is so much worse. You know, Boone finally said, we stink right now. Yeah, no shit, Boone. Uh, welcome to, you know, 2020. You're, you're, you're fucking late here. You're a little late. Um, we stink. 
and we need to get better. And there doesn't seem to be a great path forward here. And I have absolutely no confidence that Cashman will do anything, anything that will improve this team in the long term. Any moves that Cashman makes to try to make the playoffs this year will only make the team worse in the long run because it will entail trading more young people than we have. You know, I don't understand how we have anyone left in the farm system because our farm system looks like dog shit right now. And and you cannot tell me adding a person or two to this team is going to make this team go anywhere in the playoffs. The goal has somehow become from winning World Series. That's the Yankee goal always, too maybe sneaking into a wild card position as if that's some kind of fucking success in what universe is making a wild card position, some kind of goal. Right. And that was the line that Steinbrenner drew at the beginning of the year. You know, Oh, if we don't make the playoffs, then we might have to be some changes. So making the playoffs now, that's supposed to be some big thing for the fucking Yankees. They made the playoffs. I mean, they always make the playoffs. I mean, so just doing what we always do and looking like dog shit when we get in there, is going to be okay. I mean, it's just not. And I'm so tired of having these podcasts where it's just a lot of complaining, but you have to be able to objectively look at stuff and not constantly be like Cashman and Boonar and trying to paint this rosy picture of this team. And, oh, these people are better than this. And, oh, we're, you know, we're, we're going to fight through it. And we're going to, they're not, this is this team. Now, they may get better. They may come out of their slumps. Certainly, DJ is not a 220 hitter. You know, Rizzo is not going to go another 40 games without a homer. Stanton probably is not going to hit 198 the rest of the season. So they're going to get better, right? Judge, I don't know. He's going to come back at some point, we think, this year, but we don't know how he's going to be. Hopefully, Rodon is not going to suck balls like he has, you know, when he continues to pitch here. But, you know, again, at full strength, this team is still not good enough. It's just going to be the problem at the trade deadline that comes up every year. And it's another problem this year is that it makes me at some point do something you never want to do as a fan. And that's almost <laughs> for your team to lose, which you never want to do because here's the scenario, right? If the Yanks go on a little winning streak here, it will give Cashman impetus to trade more young players and try to add pieces and again, ruin this team for any kind of future next year. If you guys think we're doing anything in, in 2023 playoffs, you're nuts. You need to go take some pills or something because there's nothing that's going to be happening this year. So whatever, ever, ever Cashman does, it's going to amount to nothing. However, if the team does well enough here, he will be more incentivized to go out and make more trains, give more people away just to try to, I don't know, make the playoffs. Yay. However, if the team falls enough between now and the trade deadline, maybe he'll be incentivized enough to sell and not trade like they did back in, what was it, 2016, 2017, whatever that year was, where he actually did great things. We ended up playing some young players, getting some good talent. We actually got a good young Glaber Torres back for Chapman that year, you might remember, right? Um, and then we ended up getting Chapman back later anyway. Um, and we made some good trades and got some good young players at the time. Um, and it, and it worked out and, and it was a fun team to watch. It was a different team to watch and it was, it was better and it didn't ruin the future. It builds for the future. 
However, you know, you never as a fan want to be rooting for losses. But let's face it, if we go in on some kind of winning streak or we, you know, go in somewhat hot to the trade deadline, Cashman is just going to further ruin this team. And I see it as inevitable. I cannot see anyone actually looking objectively at this team in Yankee management and saying, yeah, we need to sell. I mean, they have to almost go two and 10 over the next 12 games for them to say, oh, yeah, this is no good. Like, you'd, you'd have to be able to plaster stuff all over the back page of the New York Post saying, you know, this team blows, you know, before anyone would realistically try to sell. So I don't see it happening. We're going to see what happens as we go forward. But it's uh, a really, really unfortunate thing right now for the Yankees in the state that they're in. And mostly, again, it goes back to my, you know, words of, you know, that I always say are the most important thing for baseball executives. The ability to assess talent is the most important thing for any organization ever. Correctly assessing talent will win or lose championships for games. And Cashman and Boone cannot correctly assess talent and don't make the moves that correspond to that. Anyway, um, that is my stream of consciousness. Smorgasbord of suck for the Yankees. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and talk briefly about a few other tidbits and then we'll end this podcast. The Giants. Saquon Barkley. What can I say? Barkley is so ridiculously overrated. I don't even know what to say about it. And the fact that some fans have bought into this and some of the writers and some of, you know, the idiot talking heads on TV, it's hilarious at this point. Saquon Barkley is now, you know, sort of threatening to sit out games, talking all kinds of shit because he's only going to be making $10 million a year for his dog shit performance with, with the Giants. I mean, give me a fucking break. If and when he's actually healthy. You do not need to pay running backs $10 million a year to do anything. We all know the Chiefs won the Super Bowl last year with Isaiah Pacheco as their running back, right? He was a rookie. He made $800,000. He was a seventh round draft pick. You can get running backs anywhere, anywhere you want. Pacheco out of Rutgers, props for Rutgers, seventh round draft pick out of Rutgers, minimum league minimum salary. $700,000, that's it. And, and they won the Super Bowl. You do not need to pay a running back 10 or $12 million. The Giants have so many needs, so many things to fill. They cannot get bogged down with Saquon Barkley. I swear I wouldn't mind trading him. I wouldn't mind. Honestly, he can actually go. Go play for another team and make $12 million. And we'll pick someone and, you know, I'm, I'm fine with it. I When he plays and he's healthy... In general, I like Saquon. In the last couple of years, he's gone down to, he's really gotten into a mode where he's hesitating in holes. He stops. He tries to make too many moves rather than just putting his head down and running straight. And it, he's actually been worse than other running backs. And last year, he was a little bit better, but he needs to be about 100 times better than he is now to even consider paying him 10 or more million dollars. They are going to pay him 10 more million dollars now, which is just dog shit and I'm, I'm so tired of it. I, I cannot believe anyone thinks Barkley is worth any amount of money in 2023 in the NFL running backs don't mean a lot now if the Giants plan on running you know two out of every three downs a they're kind of old school and b they don't have the offensive line to do that anyway in the NFL 
the offensive line is way, way, way more fucking important than any kind of running back, especially Saquon Barkley. You have a good offensive line. Almost any running back is going to look really well. You know, in the open field, maybe Barkley can make more people miss or run over someone. But you know what? If you're in the if you're in the open field, then you're making it. You're, you have a good play, and the and the line did its job, and you're probably going to be good enough with anyone at that point. So, I, I don't want to hear it. I don't care about Saquon. I'm so fucking tired of it. I am so unlike most of the other Giants fans about Saquon Barkley. I, I'm getting to the point where I can't stand him at this point. I almost want him off the team because we cannot be forced into paying him $12 million a year or something. I hate that we have to pay him $10 million a year. I, I, th- I want a running back. I can pay a million or $2 million a year, three, maybe something. But again, they're a dime a dozen. You can get good running backs anywhere. They're not nearly as important as a good offensive line. I'd rather pay some free agent lineman eight, nine, ten million million a year than, than Saquon Barkley. And I'm not kidding. I'd rather pay like a right guard who's really good $10 million a year. So we'll see if that ever happens. Um, yeah, that's really it. I, I can't stand Saquon Barkley, and I'm tired of his horseshit. I want to move on real quick to the Rangers. So, continuing the stream of conscience, I thought I'd talk about a few quickies with the Rangers. Um, we know that the Rangers signed a lot of low, low, low price free agents because we have to shop in the bargain basement because we have no, no, no salary cap room to really sign anyone good. But we might have gotten a pretty decent steal in Blake Wheeler out of all the people that um, Drury signed. We're going to see if any of them can help and how many of them actually play when the season starts. Um, and we're going to have to see what the new coach, Laviolette, does with the team. Right? There's a lot of things that um, can happen and should happen. What We'll see what will happen. And this is regarding what lines, how we play, do we have a checking line, what are the power plays like. Um, I'm going to probably have to do a few Ranger podcasts before the season starts. Obviously, it's the summer. It's a downtime. I'm probably not going to talk too much more about the Rangers. But we have a new coach. Right, we got a few new free agents. <clears throat> Just re-signed a few of the young players. Still, Laffy's not unsigned yet. But a um, couple questions off the top of my head: uh, Will the kids get a real shot? Is Capocacco going to get to play on the top line or second line? Lafreniere is he going to get an extended shot with one of the top two lines? Hard to say. Filipito, can he finally be promoted to the second line center? He's still young, but he's been around forever. I mean, I think he's twenty-three, and it's like his fifth or sixth year now with, with the Rangers. Um, but I do not want Trocek as a second line center because I don't like him at all. If we have a checking line, I think Trocek should be on that third checking, third line, checking line, and <clears throat> he should center that. A um, lot of questions. We're going to see how Laviolette does things. Um, Brendan Othman, you know, we have um, a couple folks in the minors that have a chance to make the team. I don't think Othman's going to make the team on day one. But maybe during the season he'll be called up. We're going to have to see. Lots of interesting questions. Lots of, um, you know, open things for, for the Rangers. We need Mika Zibanejad to have a better playoff than he did. We need Panarin to show up in the playoffs. It's hard because it feels like we're kind of just running it back with the same major players. And with so many big contracts and so many new trade clauses, it's very hard for the Rangers to actually make a lot of big moves and change the team up significantly. So we're going to have to see with smaller tweaks and a new coach, how this team looks heading into next season. 
I really miss hockey. I love hockey. <laughs> it's this dog days of summertime that I really miss it, especially when my Yanks are just sucking balls right now. So it's um, it's something to look forward to. And as we get closer to the kickoff of the NHL season, I'll probably talk a bit more about the Rangers. And that's all I have for you today, guys. My uh, stream of consciousness, smorgasbord of suck podcast is over for today. And I want to thank you for listening to Jersey Guy Sports. Please subscribe to the podcast if you can. Tell your friends about it. I'll be back soon with some more sports talk. Thanks. Have a good day.